stood Kiwis. Presenting the art of not giving a fuck with Garrett Dahn. Hey there, folks. This is Garrett Dawn, and I'm here today with Richard Abbott for another Art of Not Giving a Fuck Victim to Adventurer podcast. Today, our guest, Richard, uh, who is also the author of the forthcoming book, The Armchair Mystic, uh, and also the purveyor of the hermitage.org.uk. Uh, and we will also include uh, those links and a bunch more cool information there in the show notes and on the post. So uh, first of all, welcome, Richard. Glad to have you here. Hello, Garrett. Nice to be with you. And uh, we've had some talks uh, over the last few months that were uh, quite inspiring to me, and we found different ways of communicating about the same thing, a lot of that relating to uh, dropping that, uh, the victim mentality in different ways, moving into a, to an adventure. And in this case, we're going to talk about that uh, in terms of spirituality, uh, self-development, that basic human yearning for something more, uh, something different, and just how difficult it can be once you tap into that urge, that seeking urge, and then uh, what actually happens out in the world, what's going on at the bookstores, and, and what happens in people's lives. So we'll start there. Uh, Richard, your book, The Armchair Mystic, is somewhat related to this. Uh, so I wanted to ask you just uh, some personal stories about when you, you know, your relationship to spirituality, self-development, and all this kind of stuff. Let's set that foundation. Well, I mean, I've been, I've been in the scene for a long, a long time. I, I found myself having um, tarot readings at the age of 17. I was, I was uh, reci recipient of the hard sell from the uh, Church of Scientology at 18, which I resisted. Um, I'd done quite a lot of things quite early on. But, but yet as, I'd, as I kind of explored all these subjects, um, occult, mystic, spiritual, I, I didn't, I still didn't belong to anything. And I, and I found that my, my peers, people that were exploring the same kind of things at the same time, were all quite intent on signing up to belong to something, be it a society, um, a lodge, a group, an order, um, or a particular belief system. And I didn't know that I was really taking this approach, but I was, I was just instinctively anti that. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be, uh, well, I don't know whether I wanted to be, but I, I found myself being kind of ostracizing myself from a lot of these groups which would, which would spring up. Right. So, and it, it, it wasn't intentional. I mean, maybe it was, uh, you know, maybe there was something uh, deeper going on that, that I was, you know, trying to define myself in that way. But, but I found that by staying outside of the group, I actually could, I actually could continue with my explorations, mm -hmm. and that everybody that I knew who had plugged themselves into a group, 
they stopped their explorations. And to me, then, it all became about belonging. And, and I found that, that a lot of people that I was seeking alongside with, they, they were never seekers at all. And they, they, jumped, they wanted to belong to something. And I always shunned that. I've never felt comfortable with that. So my Armchair Mystic book is basically a, 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 a twist on the phrase that I sat down in my chair away from everybody else mm -hmm. uh, and tried to work the hell out what, was, what I thought was going on. Mm -hmm. But I was doing it without reference to any kind of belonging. Yeah. If you can see what I mean. Definitely. I can definitely see what you mean. Uh, I had that, I, I felt that, uh, I don't want to call it an affliction, but now looking back in some ways it was, uh, joining various groups while I was trying to seek as well. I mean, it went from a desire to change things on a political level, uh, on the planet and locally and all this politics, then into sort of a defeat or giving up on that and then thinking, well, what's going on in the mind and perception and consciousness? What is all this about? This seems to be more relevant and important than these other concerns. And then from there, you know, into the occult, into Freemasonry, into uh, Eastern mysticism of all kinds, uh, everything across the planet, basically, uh, and joining different groups, you know, just for, uh, almost for the sake of initiation itself. And there was definitely a huge desire to belong that I was unaware of. So I relate to what you're saying there. Uh, I know where that comes from, but as soon as I was exposed to it and saw it, it just like every other time I felt like I had uh, belonged to something like in a punk rock or any of these other things, I found that I never really fit with anything. Uh, I, although I enjoyed tons of the experiences, you know. Well, that's that's the thing, and that's that's really interesting, and I do think this is uh, this is crucial to um, to trying to understand what happens when you're a seeker and then you know getting out of that mindset eventually and because i i honestly do think from my experiences that the 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 sub the the things that that a lot of people want to try to belong to the things the the party the group the organization the club the temple the lodge they're actually irrelevant they're secondary they're secondary to the feeling that is generated within the person when they simply belong. And you've only got to flick through, uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, um, timelines of friends of friends, let's put it that way, to see that a lot of the discussion and the memes, they're, they're, not, about, they're not about stuff and they're not about, they're not about experience often. They're about belonging to something. Now, a lot, of, a lot of people that I have met on my journey would, would respond to this by saying, well, yeah, of course, because that's what it's all about. We are, we are one. You know, there's, there's a, a repetitive phrase. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we are all one. And, and I can, you know, I have no idea whether that's true, but, but I know for a fact that if I walk down the street... I'm not going to see anybody that looks like me. 
Uh-huh. And if I and if I get on the uh, if I go to a club, I'm not going to see anybody that dances like me. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm painting a picture that I'm some kind of freak, but actually, <laughs> we all are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I think this this kind of desire to rub that out and to belong to something, anything, anything at all, is is a poor substitute for trying to work out what it really is that makes you you. And maybe the answers to those questions are elusive, but but to try to hook into that vibe rather than the, well, let's just rub out all all difference and let's just all hold hands and be as one. That that's that's in my view not the not the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's a lot of things that take place in the only in the mind, and this leads us to to a really interesting topic, which is, is full immersion and embodiment. You had mentioned that um, before, and. A lot of these things, uh, you know, Idris Shah wrote in, in almost all of his books, he, he tried to communicate that a strong uh, emotional experience does not equal, you know, transcendence or so-called truth or uh, it's not a religious or spiritual transcendence just because you feel a really strong emotion. You know what I mean? And he was talking about how that was really easy to confuse so that people would have strong emotions in a certain context and then say it was a church, they'd say, I felt Jesus inside me. It was the Holy Spirit moving. And the same person at the Santeria uh, ritual is like, wow, it was like Papa Legba was right there inside me. I could feel him, you see. And so whatever experience they have, the decorations around it become what what is the, you know what I mean, the, the thing being worshipped uh, and attributed, you know, the effects are attributed to whatever symbol set people seem to, to, to be partial to. Uh, well, absolutely. And, and in relation to the mind, the, the, the problem of, uh, of the desire for sameness, let's put it that way, the desire to belong, the desire for sameness, the problem with that is, is that the assumption is made that people who have common activities or common interests also have common thoughts and they absolutely do not mm-hmm. so so the, the idea is is that if we if we read the latest self-help new age bestseller then we're all going to take from it exactly the same message but in my experience what people hear say and do are, are three completely different things I mean, in, back, in, back in the day, I mean, I have been known on and off to, to do the occasional uh, tarot reading here and there. Uh, I approach it in a very different way from your end of the pier kind of, kind of thing. Um, but I, it, 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 consistently interesting when I have people come up to me after the event, after the reading, and they say, oh, I, I, I loved what you said about how I need to... Um, stop being an individual and, and become more of a part of my community. And I think to myself, I never said that. I, I, I never said those words. I never, I never even, because I would never say those words because that's absolutely what I don't believe. Yeah. So, so the idea that, that what he said is the same thing as what he's heard mm-hmm. 
is is not correct i think and but because we don't know that it's correct we assume that there is sameness and there is belonging where there is not belonging right exactly and i don't and it, it, belonging starts to become an elusive concept if you really start to question it and, and tear it apart i mean what it's it's like a it's, it's it's only an assumption or a belief i mean every group i belong to you knew, everyone knew on some level you could be ostracized at some point or if you didn't live up to the structure of the group or the, you know, toe the line of opinions that were the template of the particular group, then you would face some kind of uh, judgment for that. Absolutely, and, that, and that's as true today as it ever was, maybe more so with uh, uh, social media and the way that some uh, online groups or whatever are moderated and admined. You know, these these places, the church, the mosque, the temple, the group, the online group, what doesn't matter, the football club, the political party, these are not places where I have found that uh, free experience flourishes. Free experience doesn't doesn't flourish in any of those places. It is it is rubbed out left, right, and centre because in all, in all of those places there's always a dominant character, and and there's always a submissive character and everything in between. Mm-hmm. It's a generalisation, but there's always somebody that that rises to to dominance, and inevitably it's there, it's their views which get which colour the rest of it. So you're not having your experience you know with with mm-hmm. the greatest respect to, to the to the good work that she has probably done in the world when we are experiencing oprah's soulful sunday or whatever it's called on the tv <laughs> yeah we are we are not experiencing i mean this is really important we are not experiencing some kind of spiritual transcendence transcendence we are not we are experiencing oprah winfrey's worldview Right. <laughs> yeah, and it's might... a completely consumer producer. Like the divide is very clear there. Absolutely, and we might decide consciously. We might decide that we like Oprah Winfrey's worldview. I mean, we might not, but we're you know we might decide that we want to do that, and then and then we 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 become the consumer of what she is producing, mm-hmm. uh, and that is okay. But but I think when that is not conscious. And then when it is denied, I think there's a big problem. So, you know, a lot of people take what is, what is spilled out by uh, Oprah and other people, I'm not singling her out, um, as some kind of, as gospel. Sure. And if that's what they want to do, that's fine. But it's not gospel. And from my perspective, from, the, from my experiences in the book, it's it's anti-experience. It's anti-progress. It's anti. Um, it's anti your own life because you 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 subsume yourself beneath something bigger. And and that's not, and it's not a spiritual something bigger. It's not a cosmic something bigger. It's just a woman that has been very successful and lives in the Hollywood Hills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something interesting about that, and it's I mean these figures. Uh, that are so huge in this way. Uh, 
and again, a lot of it has to do with emotional experience, especially around Oprah. I mean, she was great at creating emotional experiences for people on every episode of her show and, you know, selecting these particular books, which, uh, whether good or bad, they're still pretty heavy emotional uh, dramas. Yes. And so, again, you know, you create that emotional exaltation. It, you know what? It's funny. It's the exact same process you can use in advertising, and especially in com- commercials, is... Uh, commercial placement, if you notice, on any drama, on any TV show, on a network TV, the way that commercials are placed is at emotional peaks and cliffhangers and or yeah. cliffhangers in the show where you're feeling something really intense. So they'll drop something on you and then right after that. Hi. Do you find yourself acting like a pathetic sack for no reason at all? Or do you get off on pushing other people around and getting angry? Do you simply give too many fucks? Whether you're an emotionless phony or a puffed-up bully, we have the show for you. The Art or Not Giving a Fuck Victim to Adventurer podcast. Right along as Garrett Dawn and his cohorts pull back the curtain on life's most powerful appearing phantoms. The Art or Not Giving a Fuck encourages listeners to take the power back and become a hero of their own stories. Reclaim your body and let what excites you be your guide to a more authentic, unfilled life. Yeah. Call 1-800-577-8038-8038. That's 1-800-577-8038-8038. Limited time offer. Not available in stores. May cause death. They're saying, you know, go buy this product or uh, get this car, do, you know, get, eat some food and, uh, you know, <laughs> whatever else the commercials are serving up to you. But they're delivered right at that peak moment. And that's where you, you pay the most, too, for the, for the ad slot. Because if you there's, catch a person right in that feeling and they associate that feeling with your product or the resolution of a bad feeling with your product, then... A lot of my personal breakthroughs, whether I would call them, you know, where I've kind of realized stuff and gone, oh, yeah, actually, God, it's not that at all, have come from my, come from me being suspicious of what everybody else accepts to be true. And in society, we're, we're well used in general to doing that. But when you go off into the world of the seeker, all that happens is that these other orthodoxies present themselves. Mm-hmm. In the UK, we have a strong pagan scene. I mean, I guess you do in States too, but you know, an old school, uh, uh, long time established pagan community. Mm-hmm. Um, many of whom are very interesting and alert and uh, intelligent people. I have some good, interesting friends in the community. But it's very interesting because many of these groups display themselves, say that they are open and tolerant. Yet I wonder what would happen if somebody went along to one of their meetings in a suit with a badge on saying, I love fracking. Mm-hmm. That they, suddenly they wouldn't be open and tolerant. Exactly, yeah. And that isn't to say that either of those views is correct or incorrect. It's the fact that it's nothing to do with tolerance at all. It's nothing to do with exploration. It's to do with belonging. And as soon as somebody comes to question that, you know, they are are ostracized. Yeah, that's, if you disagree with the party line, regardless of whether the party is even, you know, even in a, a, a Buddhist scenes that I've witnessed, you know, this, yes. and the sense of compassion and things, if you have the wrong view, 
you're suddenly, you know, you could be, depending on the, on the fundamentalism of the group, and there's always different groups and things, there's always an exception here, but you could be branded as someone who's, you know, uh, tarnishing or attacking the Dharma, you know, and need, you need to be ostracized or something because people are reading these documents in some way and applying them in a, you know, in a way that they may, maybe don't even understand. Uh, Absolutely. Just, again, towing a party line. Absolutely, and and it and all that self perpetuates, and it and it is, and it perpetuates as much in religion, spirituality, new age, uh, personal empowerment, coaching, life coaching, as it as it ever as it ever did, um, anywhere else in life. The the my experience has simply been that if you're prepared to turn around to these groups and you know invisibly under your breath, if you like, say, screw you, mate. I don't want to belong to your club, then you're, you're freed of so much garbage and you're able then to actually take the gems, because all these little places, all these little groups have a little gem here and there, mm -hmm. to take the gems off for yourself on your adventure without having to sign up and, you know, to get a membership card and all the rest of the, you know, all the rest of the nonsense. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, and I, uh, I often try to tell people, uh, especially clients that come to try and take charge of their life and become the, you know, the producer rather than just someone who's worshiping the, the producers, uh, that you, you have to almost become a spy for your own enjoyment, like a spy for your own satisfaction and, and uh, exploration, uh, where it doesn't matter what anyone else says or what any, what anything, you know, what else goes on in your environment or your circumstances that. You know what you're after. You know what you'd like to explore, uh, or even if you don't know what you'd like to explore, and you're exploring that. You know, trying different things. Uh, Absolutely. That you it, could. Yeah, it, that, you, you, that you're a spy for your own self-interest, really, and that you have to be on some level as an individual. Absolutely, it, it is essential, uh, at least once or twice in our life, if we're going to call ourselves. Uh, you know, experienced and uh, you know, and, and gain the experiences of, of life. It is essential to watch Oprah, right? We we have to do it, right? But but we have to watch Oprah whilst reserving, you know, one percent of our of our consciousness to the possibility that it might be a load of rubbish. Mm -hmm. And that's the hard part because it is so emotionally based it is so cool you know it is what everybody else is doing so it's very hard to to engage with a lot of this stuff and not lose yourself in it mm -hmm. i mean i could i could go a lot further here and i could i could i'm it won't you know the alert listener will be able to to map what i'm saying right across to you know, the religions of the world, mm -hmm. where you could start saying that there's not actually any problem with any of the religions of the world if you reserve 1% of yourself away from them. But when you swallow them whole, you, you know, you, it's, it's game over. Yeah. What I want to ask you, Richard, is what would you say to someone listening who just maybe is frustrated with a lot of the seeking, but who wants to explore, enjoy... And evolve in their life, you know, to let go of some of the anxiety, some of the, the depression and all these kinds of things, but to do so in a way that doesn't latch them on to a, to a system, you know? 
Well, to use to to misuse some new age terminology, um, what I would what I would suggest is is that you've got to separate uh, doing from being, and given that we need to have a kind of total full on ninety nine percent embodiment of whatever we're trying to do, we still want to not be it because when we're trying to be something that's i think where the problems really come because if we don't if we don't have a a sense of what and who we are and maybe we're never going to have the answer to that but if we don't have a sense of it we're going to be subsumed we're going to be overwhelmed by the thing that we are trying to learn about unless we say i'm just going to do this and not be it. So we go to a party and we, we introduce ourselves and, and sooner or later we have to say what we, you know, my name's Richard and I am a mm-hmm. whatever. Right, right. That's all rubbish. Yeah. Because, because any time that you're saying I am a whatever, yeah. you have, you've boxed yourself off, you've, you've, declared, you've declared yourself inhuman because you've denied the fact that you, you've put your uniqueness secondary to yeah. somebody else's dogma. Hmm. So the deal is, the deal has got to be all wrapped up with, we do whatever we like, but, but never get to the stage, refuse to get to the stage where we become something. So yeah. I, I read the tarot, right? That's one of the many things that I do. But I am not, emphatically not, a tarot reader. Right. And it's not just semantics. It's a massive difference between saying that you do something to you are something. Yeah, that makes total sense. And then that way you're free to do all kinds of things, you know. And that was something that that Bruce Lee was, uh, I like to bring him up, he was really uh, attacked for, but he ended up uh, liberating so many people from so many different... uh, particular systems of, of martial arts and, and sometimes a lot of these subservience in the martial arts that people thought is necessary where you uh, uh, become subservient to a master um, and not because of what he's teaching you but because somehow he's mystically powerful or something like this whereas Bruce Lee said well I can defeat anyone in any of these systems because if you have a system it's a weakness if you have a template that you're using to fight with or to respond to life with then it's your weakness and I can yes. see it because I don't have a weakness. I don't have a system, so I just approach, uh, just approach my life in a flowing way without having to. You're like you said, just do whatever you want, and never have to be anything. That's fantastic. Yeah, I did. I wasn't aware of that quote, that uh, that view of his, but that's fantastic because it allows you to approach every individual and every moment of experience in a fluid uh, way. Whereas right. if you have system or you are a something, yes. you cannot do that. You cannot do that. The problem, the problem is not that Barack Obama is the president. The problem is, is that Barack Obama is party aligned. And it doesn't have to be even specific to him. Right. Because it will, it will be the next person and the next person. It's the alignment. They are a something. Well, even yeah. the fact that they are a president. That's the restriction. 
Some yeah, do and not be. Mm-hmm. Exactly, do and not be. By my guidance, but and it's a misuse of um, a distortion of, of New Age terminology because a lot of New Age terminology advises us to uh, be and not do. Right. Right. Yeah. And I actually think it's really the other way around. Well, it certainly is for me. All right. So, well, before we wrap it up, I wanted to ask you, uh, when is the uh, the Armchair Mystic? When is this book going to be coming out? Well, I think a suitable uh, release date might be um, April the 1st. So, uh, <laughs> so, so that's what it's slated for. All right. So I look forward to, uh, to hearing about that. And we'll bring something up on the, on the blog and, and uh, send a notice out when the book comes out. And up to, we'll update the, the show notes here and uh, put a link um, to your website and so people can check that out when it comes out. Thank you very much, Garrett. All right. And thank you very much for coming on, Richard. It's great to, uh, to meet up and talk with you. And I hope we get a chance to do it again soon. I hope so. Thank you for having me. And, uh, yeah, catch you soon. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Art of Not Giving a Fuck podcast. For more info, visit artofnotgivingafuck.com or radicalindian.com. <laughs>